The Golden Mike Podcast is presented by SeaDeck Marine Products. Find out about all of SeaDeck's amazing standard and customizable applications online at www.seadeck.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. And now, it's showtime. Recognized as the official voice of Toad Water Sports for over a decade. His vocal tones have narrated the industry's biggest and most prestigious events in the world. With over 25 years of on-water experience, captivating charisma, and a command of his audience. Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast. With the noise of the North himself, oh, yeah. Dano the Mano. Thanks for tuning in to the Golden Mike Podcast, everyone. I'm the Noise of the North, Dano the Mano, recording down here in Orlando, Florida. And now it's time for some audio sunshine. Today's episode is brought to you in part by O'Brien Water Sports. For over 50 years, O'Brien has been creating products specifically for the ultimate family fun on the water. Wakeboards, wake surfers, skis, kneeboards, tubes, and just about anything to help make your time on the water more fun and memorable. See the entire O'Brien line right now over at O'Brien.com. Today I have a really cool show in store for you all. I sat down with another Toad Water Sports megastar. One of the all-time great barefoot water skiers, Keith St. Ange. Keith has a plethora of titles in his long, successful career, including many national and world victories, as well as some pretty insane records and accomplishments. Although impressive, these are not what define the man. Keith is an awesome dude who has been on the water for well over three decades. Above and beyond competing and still pushing the sport, he also has a training center down in Central Florida where he helps breed and tune the next generation of barefooters. I met up with Keith while he was on the road traveling around the U.S. doing clinics and coaching. We had an awesome conversation. I know you'll all enjoy it. I do want to thank Brett Payne and his crew at Loud Interactive for helping facilitate some time with Keith during a busy time so I could get the interview. Loud Interactive is a company that provides top SEO or search engine optimization in the country and is headquartered out of Chicago, Illinois. Loud Interactive makes it easy for businesses of all sizes to be found online. To find out more, check them out at www.loudinteractive.com. Okay, so since the last episode of the Golden Mike Podcast, I've announced a couple more events. I started the month of August in Orlando for the National Points Chase, Nautique WWA Wake Park Nationals, so the Cable National Championships. It was at the OWC. There were so many riders out there, guys. It was a long, long weekend. I want to say there was uh, close to three or maybe even 400 participants at the event. The action was absolutely insane. I am always so impressed to see the progression of cable riding. Well, from Wake Park Nationals, I headed up to Montreal, Canada for the final stop of the WWA and Malibu Boats rider experience. We were at Raphael and Ollie DeRome's place, the Wow Plaza in St. Zotique. Weather-wise, not so awesome, 
but we saw some great riding. We had an awesome time with the Malibu Pro team, and it was just a, a, a great opportunity and a lot of fun closing out the season with such good people. Also, Malibu Boats that weekend announced the all-new redesigned 22 and 24 MXZ. These babies were redesigned from the hull up. Everything, guys. It is such a cool boat. I've been hearing some awesome stuff from the athletes. And I was actually watching the debut of this boat through the Malibu Boat Snapchat feed, which I also recommend that everybody have a look at for themselves. Shoot the Snapchat feed for Malibu Boats a follow, especially as we are heading over to Korea for the second stop of the Malibu Evolution Pro Series for 2016, the Seoul Pro. Team Malibu and the crew will be running the Snapchat feed, so make sure you guys check that out. Okay, so before we get into the guts of this thing with Keith St. Ange, a quick reminder that the Golden Mike Podcast is brought to you free twice monthly and is always available online at noiseofthenorth.com. To keep this podcast no charge to you, the listener, I'd like to thank the sponsors of the show, SeaDeck Marine Products, Performance Ski and Surf, Woodrow Sustainable Optics, Boulder Boats, GoPuck, Hungry Boards SUP, Rockstar Energy, and C4 Belts. Follow me, tag me, tweet me on social media, on Instagram at DanoTMano, on Twitter at the DanoTMano, and at the Golden underscore Mike. And be sure to like the Golden Mike podcast on Facebook. You guys can always reach me through email, goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com. I always enjoy reading what you guys write, so be sure to keep those coming. This week's audio montage is presented by C4 Belts. Why do I love C4 Belts? Well, they're rubber and plastic, so if I wear them in the lake, they don't rust. I've had the same one for over two years, and it's still in great shape. They hold up. They're colorful, interchangeable, and customizable. But I admit my number one reason for loving the belts... Well, guys, I fly a lot, and I don't have to take it off through security. That's right, and it saves me time. And you add that up, well, it means a lot. Guys, I have a promo code. It's MANO2016. It'll get you 10% off your order. So go to c4belts.com right now. Use my promo code. Choose your color. Choose your cause. And get hooked up. The montage today is from the 2016 Nautique European Pro-Am Recorded earlier this year in Portugal, I got a lot of international voices on this one and had a ton of fun recording it. So now enjoy, and then I'll be back here on the Golden Mike Podcast with Keith St. Ange. I'm Austin Hare. I'm Chloe Mills. Ciao. I'm Massimo Faretti. I'm Tony Carroll. I'm Mike Dowdy. I'm Nick Rappa. I'm Nautique Athlete, Ramey Merritt. I'm Steve Lafferty. I'm Taylor McCullough. I'm Tony Ayakani. And I'm Rusty Malinowski. I'm JD Webb, and we're here in Portugal at the Nautique European Pro Am. I am Marco Colombo. I'm from Italy. I won Junior Beginner. Hi, I'm Adi Vercesi. I'm from Italy and I rode in the women's wake skate division. Hi, I'm Alice Piana. I'm 13 years old and uh, I'm from Italy and I won the girls' wakeboard. I'm Igor Colombo. I'm 12 years old 
I want the voice beginner and I'm from uh, Italy, uh, Lecco. My name is Luigi Marosha, I am 14 years old from Portugal and I want voice beginners. Uh, hi, my name is Ines Skadaj, I'm 17 years old, uh, I'm from Lisbon, Portugal and I want the junior uh, women uh, amateurs. I'm Lorenzo Montes. I'm 18 years old, I'm from Italy and I won a junior man, big world. Hey, I'm Sasha Gedeker, I'm from Zurich, Switzerland, I'm 26 years old and I won in men's too. Hey, my name is Sam Lutz, I'm 33 year old, I'm from Zurich, Switzerland and uh, I won Masters Man today in the uh, Nautic Pro-AM in Portugal. Hi, my name is uh, Renato Bosch, I am an adaptive uh, wakeboarder and uh, I'm from Portugal and uh, I am the champion of European uh, Wakeboard Pro-Am. Hi, my name is Mark Goldsmith, I'm uh, 43, I've come all the way from England. Um, I've won the veterans today, super pumped. Um, couldn't have asked for a better competition than you guys uh, putting it on. Hey, my name is Jane Webber, I'm from the UK in Devon. Uh, I'm 24 years old and I just won the amateur women, uh, 19 to 25 year old. Uh, yeah, super happy, so excited. I love being here. Hey, I'm Helen Carroll. I'm from the UK, from London, and I just won, if I can remember, because I took a fall, <laughs> the Masters Women Division at the Pro-Am here in sunny Portugal. I am standing here with the winner of the Women's Pro Division, Megan Apple. I'm really stoked to be able to come back to Portugal, and winning worlds is awesome, but to be able to win the European Pro-Am is even more awesome because I got to ride behind a G23. So yeah, I'm super stoked to take the win today. Elliot Digney, how does it feel taking your first junior pro win? Uh, it's really exciting. It's first junior pro win ever so far. I am standing here with the winner of the Pro Men Wakeskate division here at the Nautique European Pro Am, Reed Hansen. You know, it was rough out there, white capping down the pass, but you know, it's always fun to come out with the boys to compete and uh, definitely fun to get a win. We are celebrating here and I'm standing with the winner of the Nautique European Pro Am presented by Rockstar Energy. Corey Tunison, Corey, you took a win in California last year at the Nautique Pro Am. We're all the way around the world here in Portugal. How does it feel to be a two time Pro Am champ? Oh, I'm absolutely stoked, Dan. You know what I mean? Uh, the start of the season that I've had hasn't been the greatest, and um, to come away in Europe and uh, with a win. I'm absolutely pumped, and yeah, I'm two for two for the Pro-Ams now, so I'm stoked. Standing here with the president of the World Wakeboard Association, Shannon Starling. Shannon, for the second year in a row, we are back in Portugal. We just finished the European Pro-Am. Your thoughts on the event? I think it went great. You know, our plan to come to Europe and bring a big major event after the Worlds to this region has proven to be something that's going to be beneficial in the future, and we're looking forward to Worlds next year. Woodrow's is a sunglass company based in Central Florida that manufactures frames from wood and other sustainable materials. With an infrastructure built on a passion for action sports, life on the water, and the love for the great outdoors, there's no doubt Woodrow's handcrafted wooden and sustainable eyewear will fit your lifestyle. Use my promo code MANO30 and you'll get an additional 30% off your entire order. Once again, that's promo code MANO, M-A-N-O-3-0 at Woodrow's.com for 30% Set off everything. That's W O O D R O Z E dot com. Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products. It's the Golden Mike Podcast with the noise of the North, Dano the Mano.
kind of a kind of a nice end to a night, huh? I mean, the sun, you had enough sun out there today or what? Yeah. yeah, I had a lot of sun out there. Four days in the sun catches up to you after a while. Um, but yeah, the kind of the sun behind the clouds and got a little shade and we were still in the water. It was warm. The water was warm, and uh, yes, very, very good way to end the day. Yeah, well, maybe some of them can hear it. We're here outside of, of the bus here. It's a beautiful afternoon, and we're, where are we, in Barrington, Illinois? You're in my neck of the woods, huh? I know. I can't believe that. You're from Chicago. My wife's from here. She's from Chicago as well, and uh, yeah, we're on the Fox River by the Broken Oar, and uh, yeah, the wind kicked up pretty hard today, which, perfect timing, because we had glass every other day just until this afternoon, so it worked out good. Okay, so what exactly are you guys doing? I mean, I know you I see you on social media traveling around in the bus. I finally I see it in person here. So what what exactly is the whole thing that's happening? Yeah, so uh, we basically travel during the summers. People will hire us uh, privately or through show ski teams or families, and they will go to their house or their location, their cabin, wherever, and teach them how to barefoot water ski either for the first time, uh, which we've had a lot of first-timers here this week, or just to learn some new maneuvers. So that's what we do. That's what my team and I do. David Small, he went all throughout Europe because he's from England, so he's got that Europe clientele out there, and Ben Grohn, he's in and out. So, and the ski school actually, we have two boats that run full time at the ski school all summer. Okay, so what about this gig here? You're, I, what was so cool is I had the weekend off from announcing gigs this weekend, so I figured I'd come up, see my girlfriend, the Wisconsin State Show Ski Tournament's going on, and that's kind of what I grew up doing, so I figured I'd come up here and check it out, and I saw your name. And I, I contacted you. So who exactly is this gig for, like, that you're doing this weekend? So this one was uh, pretty unique. Uh, it's a gentleman. Uh, his name is Brent Payne. He owns Loud Interactive. He's the CEO, actually. And he contacted me literally off a comment I had on Facebook. And he was like, hey, man, I want you to come up here and do a clinic for, for my company. And we're going to have some, uh, some of the business executives come out and uh, learn how to barefoot or water ski or kind of whatever they want to do. So this wasn't my typical clinic. Uh, we barefoot in the in the mornings, and then we uh, we wake surfed and we water skied and wakeboarded and just taught tons of two skiers for the first time in the afternoons. Which, to tell you the truth, is actually a really nice change for, for me. We got in a big old wakeboard boat and blasted the tunes and just cruised around. And for once in my life, water conditions didn't matter. <laughs> yeah. So it's, could you see yourself having one of these like big wakeboard boats maybe at? Uh over there at the the Barefoot Center? Uh, I would love it, actually. Just They're just awesome cruisers, you know? Load the family, load the friends up. You get that couch seating. Uh, you, I love to wake surf. I wake surfed yesterday and just had a... I just That's like my second favorite thing to do on the water from barefooting, wake surfing. And, uh, yeah, they, it would be fun. It'd be just a nice change of pace for us. But, but barefooting is pretty open boats with the uh, engines in the back, so you can load... And you're going 40 or 45, so you can load yeah. those up, right? Yeah, we do. Sometimes we do. It's just uh, you're always looking for that top speed, and you want to get there quick and barefooting so you don't have to ride your butt too long. So it's kind of like, ah, four people, good enough. Right, I, <laughs> Hey, I get it for sure. And it gets you back to the dock a little bit sooner, too, in those hot uh, Florida days, right? That's right. <laughs> so you guys are on a tour. Where have you been so far? Let's see. So this is, uh, we've been on the road for two months. Um, and this is just about capping off the, the end of my two months before the big tournament that I get into later. But we did uh, Minneapolis. Then we went down to uh, Nashville, Iowa. Uh, went into... Um, where we go, Moline with the Backwater Gamblers, and we went down to Indianapolis, went up to Rockford with the Ski Bronx, Janesville with uh, Rock Aqua Jays, 
and Waterford, Wisconsin after that, and now we came back down a little south here in Barrington, Illinois, and now we're going to shoot back up to Eau Claire, and then we have uh, the big competitions coming up. It's like that part in Wayne's World 1 with the uh, security guards, like, man, for security guard, that guy sure knew a lot of information. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, Keith, I want to like break into your history how you were introduced, when you were introduced to the sport, when you got onto the water. So if you can maybe kind of break that down. You started off, you mentioned you're from New Hampshire, and I know there's a few skiers and a couple of wakeboarders from up there, but you don't really hear too much coming from that area. So how did you get uh, involved? Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. There's not too much from that area, uh, mostly because we don't have as much water as the Midwest does. But um, the way I got involved was my cousin, which everybody knows as Swampy, um, it's, which is my, my mother's first cousin, so he's my second cousin. His father and my grandfather built a small cottage uh, about 45 minutes north of the small town we, we grew up in, Berlin, New Hampshire, which is uh, right north of Mount Washington, which had the world's fastest wind-recorded speed for, for the longest time, and it's the tallest peak in New England. So now you can just imagine what kind of temperatures we had up there. Um, so he started a, a little show ski team at this lake, uh, Lake Umbagog it was called, and uh, I started kneeboarding. Uh, my uncle and aunt taught me how Wait, to... how old were you at that time? I was about eight or nine years old, and then, uh, this, and then you know, it wasn't a show ski team like the Midwest. It was like, uh, okay, two-tier pyramid, uh, here comes the best slalom skier in the area, let him come ripping through, okay, here's two barefooters. I mean, it was like pretty low-key, you know? So then I, I two skied with my cousins in the show, and a one ski, and then literally that second summer, Swampy hired Mike Seipel, current world champion at the time. Uh, he came up and he taught a clinic. And at the end of the clinic, everybody was so beaten, battered <laughs> that he said, is there any young kids that want to come out and try it? And myself and my two cousins went out there and uh, I stepped off the ski in the boom first try, and after Mike left, the the ski club kind of folded and turned into more of a barefoot club. At that time, barefooting was, you know, hardcore. Like around what year is this? This was uh, 89, 89 going into 90. So uh, a lot of those barefooters just brought me out with them all the time, and Swampy kind of coached me. My dad drove the boat, so they took me under their wing, and we just... I was always around barefoot water skiers. And my cousin is actually a slalom skier, and my other cousin was a trick skier. So I, maybe that was this was my own, you know, identification. Uh, you know, just I want to identify myself as the barefooter because my other cousins were doing their their own disciplines. So that was kind of cool. And actually, the only other skiers that that really have big names up from. New Hampshire, I should say. I don't know about uh, New England, but Jamie Beauchene. My uncle actually taught him how to go through the course the first time. So I knew Jamie pretty well. And then the other guy that everybody knows, Dave Briscoe. Sure, the rooster. Yeah, the rooster. He's from New Hampshire as well. So, you know, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that in places like that, you know, it seems like when when somebody does get into something, they kind of do take it pretty dang serious, you know, and... And, uh, yeah, I've, I've never heard of any other barefooters from your area. And, I, heck, I don't really know. I, I know a couple of barefooters from Wisconsin where I grew up, but I really don't know where <laughs> where you guys are all hiding now. Yeah, and I get that question a lot. You know, Mike Seipel and Peter Fleck, they're from uh, Wisconsin. 
New Hampshire is a little different because we're, we're in the mountains. You know, there's no mountains out here in the Midwest. We are in the mountains, 6,000 plus feet. Um, the seasons were much, much shorter up there for us. So people say, how did you get into water skiing way up there? But like you just mentioned, it was our passion. It's what we wanted to do. It's all we wanted to do. Um, we skied hard. We skied in the mornings, the afternoons, and the evenings because, again, we knew winter was right around the corner. And we loved it. So we traveled to all the tournaments. We figured out what to do and how to do it. And once we figured it out, we're like, all right, now we need to train. We need to get better. Okay, so how did how did you get involved in tournament barefooting even? Like, how did you find out about it? And then uh, maybe what, what, did you, like, what did that even consist of? Literally the second year we were barefooting, I, I, that I was barefooting, um, all I could do was step off a ski. And we went to a local tournament. And, uh, was it like endurance barefoot or no, it was three event. It was a three event tournament in in Maine. And we went there and just said, well, what's this all about? And once we knew what it was all about and we knew how, what to do for a trick run and what different, uh, point values were for different tricks and how this slalom event worked and all that stuff, we just came back and just, just pounded it and just skied hard. Okay. So what are some of the barefoot disciplines? I'm pretty familiar with endurance barefooting i'd say like in the midwest at least in wisconsin i know that worlds and nationals have been held up in wisconsin on many occasions but to me i think endurance barefooting is more of like the wisconsin thing so what what are some of the different disciplines in barefooting yeah okay so you have uh the figure eights of course so you know like you were saying rough water stuff i think the reason figure eights are big here too is because a lot of people are on show ski teams so that endurance you know they do a lot of rough water endurance stuff you have barefoot racing so you have, uh, you have a relay team, basically. You have five guys on a team, and you race, you know, 20, 30 miles, and whoever finishes first wins. Uh, you have the three event, obviously. Um, those are pretty much the three major, major different barefoot disciplines um, that, that you can go to and compete in. So are you, you mentioned that you like to wake surf a little bit, but are you doing any other, like, toad water sports at all? Are you getting out there and wakeboarding or anything like that? You know, I did when when wakeboarding was uh, had its you know, right when it at it when it was at its peak and it was taking off. I did a lot of wakeboarding because all the guys I was hanging out with, that's all they did was wakeboard. So, you know, I just did the basics with them. I did you know air railing and uh, back roll and tantrum and stuff like that. And that that's about as far as I pushed it. Some of my buddies they were starting to push it a little further and they started getting injured. And I was barefooting pretty hardcore at the time, and that was what I was doing for a living. So I I just said you know I got to pull back. I just I can't get hurt doing this stuff um but yeah i mean anything on the water i enjoy really you know out in the boat being out in the water um slalom slalom course uh you know i've always dabbled with that but never never went into it too hard you know i could do like whatever 15 off at 34 you know i've done that a couple times uh wake surfing love it trick ski a little bit i mean a little i've dabbled in a little bit of everything i've done a lot of show skiing the last couple years because my wife is a big show skier uh, she grew up in Wisconsin show skiing, so um, I kind of like to get into that as time goes on because it's kind of fun. It's different. Timeless. Yeah, yeah, right, right. And Banana just, George, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, you know, yeah, so it's it's fun. All those water sport disciplines are pretty cool. Well, let me, let me ask you, like, what are some of your impressions on some of the disciplines and maybe some of the athletes that represent those sports? Like, what's your take? How do you feel about three events how do you feel about wakeboarding well you and i discussed it earlier in the boat when uh, when you took a quick rip on your trick ski there and we were getting up some uh, some skiers for the first time but um i think we're kind of and this is the kind of 
a kind of a sad thing, but it's just it's just normal too. Is um, we're all so into our own discipline that we don't really see outside the box, you know. Um, I know I talked to Freddy Krueger the other day, um, and him and I touched base, and I would love name to just, drop. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I would love to go sit in the boat with him and just watch him jump. And I think I learned ton just by doing that but i'm so focused in just barefoot all the time and i think the slalom skiers are focused in slalom skiing all the time and we don't we we need to get together and just have a big you know sunday fun day like watermen all the watermen yeah yeah that'd be cool it would be it would be cool for sure you know and and on that same you know token you're an elite barefooter and there's only so many people in the world that can do what you can do and i would imagine that you probably get to this point by not taking too many days off yes um i'm actually getting to the age uh 38 years old actually and the tricks that i'm doing to try to stay at this elite level i'm 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 just about at my peak i'd say as far as you know uh what peyton manning maybe you'll start calling me in another year or two i'll have to start retiring um but but yeah, I mean there's 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 a lot involved. There's, it's pretty pretty physical right now. I actually took five months off this winter. Um, I was a little burnt out last year. Took five months off uh, because I knew the World Championships were coming up this year, and I had a my baby girl and kind of wanted to focus in on her. And then this spring rolled around, and yeah, it was it was almost every day in the water um, for the most part. You know, usually I'll do like three or four days. And then I need a break, or five days need a How break. How long does a set can go for you, though? How? Well, they're just—it's really explosive energy. You know, we got—you know—we do trick runs a lot and slalom a lot, and they're only 15-second runs. But you're doing 23 turns in 15 seconds, so you know you do, let's say, four four passes of tricks, and you're you're sucking some wind. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then you do a couple passes of slalom. So you use six to eight passes and. And you're huffing and puffing. Uh, kind of like a slalom. Kind of like a slalom ski. Yeah, absolutely. Exact same thing. So, um, yeah, I, I've been skiing pretty hard, although traveling in the RV has been tough. A lot of a lot of boats that don't go fast enough for the tricks that I need to do and work on. Some are pulling from the low pole. Now we have the tower and the, t- and the super fly high, the tower extension that I ski in all the time. So... I was kind of limited the last couple of months, but now I'm turning it on. I got some good clinics here, and I've got some training coming up before the nationals start. So beautiful. We're obviously, gonna watch out for that and keep keep our eyes on like the nationals and the worlds this year. Okay, so today when I got here, I thought it was really cool. I know that uh, one of the local guys hooked you up with his boat to use, and you guys were running behind uh, Randy Harris, a Vandal Edition um, Axis out there, and that's kind of where I was thinking about this this qu- next question, but. In wakeboarding, there's like the competition riders who I would look at a guy like you, and I'm guessing you're you'd be considered more of a competition guy. Yeah. Um, and then in wakeboarding, you got the free riders. Do you have anything like that in barefoot, or is it is it all like very serious? Is it so small that pretty much anybody gets into it is is basically into competition, or is there free riding? And if so, like what is it? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, if you. There's a lot of different ways you can explain it, but yeah, free riding to me, thinking about it, and I, I'll, I'll say I'll do it. You know, I definitely I did it this morning actually. You know, I did all my trick runs and all stuff. I got that out of my hair, and then there was pure glass, and I just took a fun run, and that's that's what I'd say, just free riding, right? I, it was pure glass. The boat went on a whip. I did a side slide. I was just sitting out there, just chilling, having a good time. Crossed the wake, sat on my butt, then a nice little butt glide, did a tumble turn, just whatever comes to mind right 
Um, there, there's some guys out there too. You're asking about disciplines earlier. I didn't mention it. There's kind of a new one. This freestyle. You know, they call it Andre De Villiers and all those guys started this freestyle, and they do uh, just kind of whatever. Jack the boom up high, do all kinds of crazy stuff. Side slides, tumble turns, jump off the boat, jump in the boat. All this stuff. I love doing all that too. Um, so yeah, there's a, you know, tournament season, we'll say in quotations, tournament season is, is on. And then you have just kind of after tournament season, just do whatever you want. But I'll tell you, a lot of these guys that do endurance, they'll go out doubles and they'll just go down the river. They'll literally ski for 10 minutes straight. And that's what they love to do. Just sit there, stand and just enjoy the ride. So yeah, you, you ha- it's just like wakeboarding. I mean, you can take all these sports and they're all similar. You know, you get the slalom skiers that go through the co- course and then you got the guys that just go free ski. I mean, it's the exact same thing. So Absolutely. I, yeah, they, they all have it. I tell everybody all the time, they can't believe it, that there's a World Wake Surfing Championship. They go, no way. I'm like, yeah, for sure. These guys are incredible. And their jobs would probably be even closer to the ground if they found out the world champion wake surfer got paid more than probably the world champion yeah. slalom skier or wakeboard or barefooter. Sure, year, sure. You know? Yeah. It's it's insane. It's funny you talk about the boom stuff because I actually wanted to to talk to you about that a little bit. Um, in I grew up as a show skier, so obviously we move it behind the boat. You learn to be, frontwards barefoot, you move it behind the boat. You learn to flip turn, you step out of that ski, you move it behind the boat. You deep water, you move it behind the boat then the the, pull, the uh, boom never comes back out, you know? It's, it, the boom to show skier, it seemed like to me growing up, was like the great white buffalo, you know? <laughs> Every, anytime somebody put a boom out, it was like, this is amazing, this is insane, you know? But I've seen a lot of videos, and you were just talking about some of those, uh, those guys who are doing the, um, you know, the bonks of their boat, like doing the S-bends, uh, but the boom is set so, so high, and Watching it myself, I, okay, I don't have the guts and I'm not, I have no room to talk trash about it or anything, but I'm just going to say, okay, I feel like with the right amount of practice, with the rope and handle being so high, it definitely takes, it's, you can't do the same thing off of a low boom and you can't do the same thing right. behind the back of the boat. Impressive? I I believe it still is impressive, but I mean, is it? Does it still hold the same legitimacy to like what when when you do a line step behind the boat? Why you're insane, bro? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I could definitely see myself doing something stupid like hooking up and doing a 360, you know, right. whatever off of a high pull. Yeah, I mean, you know, we could talk about this for a little while. I mean, if you watch Hot Rock Feet One and Two, Mike Seibel's old videos back in the day, they did a lot of cool things on the boom, and you know, there's only some tricks you can really do on the boom. When these guys started putting the uh, the boom really high, and I don't ski with the boom that high that often just because, uh, you know, I just don't do that type of thing. I'm more of the three-eventer, and I'm just traditional, and I kind of just, you know, do the stuff long line mostly. But uh, when they put the boom high, it takes a lot of risk out of it, right? You can literally catch your foot and just hold on and then spin around and stand back up. Um, but the things they're doing with that high boom are pretty awesome. And not just the high boom, but the super fly high where they're jumping over the back of the boat and they're doing all the back rolls and all that stuff. That's that's some pretty cool stuff. That's stuff I never thought I'd ever see, which is pretty neat. Um, and I've done it. Um, it's, it's, pre- it's great. It's fun. It's totally different. Um, but, yeah, a lot of people, 80% I'd say that I talk to, call it cheating, you know. Um, it's cheating. The boom's high. You're hanging from it. Is it really barefoot? Or are you just, you know, skiing from a helicopter, basically? And... Um, 
let's put it this way. This is how I justify it. Barefooting is a hard sport, okay? And I know anybody will probably say their sport's harder or whatever because they're passionate about it. But no joke, barefooters have the smallest surface area on the water, right? We all have to agree about that. We have our bare feet. We don't have a wakeboard, a ski, nothing. So anything to help us make our sport a little easier, I'm fine with. You know, they have that tower extension way on top of the tower now. Um, 13 feet above the water and people are like that's not barefooting you know I learned from the low pole well, I learned everything on the low pole too and on a bungee cord rope and the whole thing but barefooting is hard and if we're, if we're figuring stuff out to make it a little easier then I'm all about it um, but the boom is a very special tool you know it's a, it's a good tool to learn uh, a lot of new tricks and maneuvers and um, you know you talked about a show ski clubs I go to the show ski clubs all the time, and they say, well, they never put the boom on. They just say, you want to be in barefoot line, put this ski on, jump, jump in with these 20 guys, or, no, it's exaggerating, but, you know, 13 guys, six guy in bare, barefoot line or whatever, and go. Good luck, by the way. It's like, and I go to these show ski teams, I make them put the boom on. I say, okay, we're, now we're going to learn one foot, and then we're going to learn how to step off the ski, and then we're going to put the five-foot handle on, we're going to step off that, and then the 10-foot extension, then the 15-foot extension, now you're going long line, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, you know, you just gotta, you gotta make sure you use the boom for the right, the right reasons. And and the freestyle stuff, those guys are doing with the high boom. It's pretty cool. It's allowed them to do things that have never been done before, which is kind of cool. The exposure, right? The, the YouTube, the YouTube hits on some of those videos is insane. Oh yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, they do that dolphin start, which is, which is a cool start. You know, you have the deep water start, you have the tumble up and then you get these guys that started Andre, the first guy to do it. He did. He bounced off his belly and his chest and bounced up and then landed on his feet. I mean, how cool is that? I mean, that's like as, as easy as it comes. If everybody, if everybody could learn that way, barefooting would be huge. <laughs> well, let's talk about some starts. That's really like one of my, okay, I'm a frontwards barefooter, so I always prided myself on being able to start different, uh, whether it was a flying dock or a beach start or, uh, or a one-handed like step off of one ski while waving to the crowd, not looking or something, or covering my <laughs> eyes. Uh, bomb outs was something I used to love. That's cool. Um, the two neatest barefoot starts I've ever seen. I think one of them may be David Small, and I don't know David too much other than his name and some videos I've seen, but I believe it was a uh, off of a wake skate. I think he did an air Rayleigh and then pulled his feet back underneath him. Yep, he has done that. Uh, Jason Lee has done it. Wade Bramlett. I mean, it was done a long time ago, actually. And I got one more for you, too. Yeah. Zane Schwenk at Feet on Fire, I put up an award for best start of the day. Um, and I actually ran a separate event, best start event. Okay. And Zane cut into the wake on two skis, did a double wake jump, and bombed out double wake bomb out and landed on the other side and barefooted away that is pretty killer it was did he have a barefoot suit on no okay that's even better <laughs> he, I, did it, he did it <laughs> in a pair of jean shorts so i want to ask you so like dolphin star but you've got to have seen some of the craziest stuff ever so like what's like the most impressive start you've ever seen or most creative most creative impressive okay i this is this is kind of i guess it's when I saw it at first, I was like, this guy is crazy. We we're on a houseboat. This guy was on the second story. He was probably whatever they are, you know, 10 feet off the water, whatever it is. And he laid down at the far end on his belly, like doing, like getting ready for a back deep start, feet on the rope, handle on his back. And the boat just took off as fast as it would go. And he came sliding off the top of that thing, landed on his stomach, 
And I don't know how he pulled it off, but he just held on, bounced, and stood up and, and barefooted away. I was just like, dude, I mean, that just, I mean, that's like a belly flop, you know, from 10 feet high at whatever the boat was going, 20 miles an hour. So that was kind of funny. Now, I guess not overly impressive, but when I saw it, I was like, yeah, that's that's nuts. Barefooters do some really, really funny stuff. It's, <laughs> you know, especially growing up out here in the Midwest and the show ski thing, the amount of times... Don't try this at home, people, but the amount of times you're out at night and the crew decides that they don't need a barefoot suit, they don't even need shorts, you know what I mean? It's just, and I don't know if it's the barefooter's mentality or what, but... See, even you're doing it. We get this all the time right here. Barefooters, they're so crazy, you know, they just don't think. They just take all these hard falls over and over. And uh, we got to clear the air on that. It's, it's, we all take hard falls. I've taken harder falls on the wakeboard, you know, doing a tantrum, catching heelside or whatever. I mean, I've smacked my head hard. I, I, no joke. Okay, we don't have to go fast to barefoot water ski, right? People think, oh, you have to go as fast as possible to barefoot water ski. No, you don't have to. We go slow now. Um, the falls... It's more of a tuck and roll most of the time, you know. Um, I guess we do fall more than anybody else because, again, we're on a really small surface. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's, it's, it's part of our sport. you got to embrace the falls. You know, it is what it is. But we're not crazy idiots. <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys have, a, you have at least some idea of what you're doing out there, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, so, I, obviously, you know, and most of my listeners know that I announced for – the biggest wakeboard events around the world and some of the biggest water ski events. Something I've never dabbled in is barefoot contests. And I want to hear a little bit about kind of what the scene is like, you know, the competitors and maybe um, like spectator wise, what, what a con what you can expect if you go to a barefoot contest. Well, not that I want to, you know, compare us to slalom skiers, but I'm going to go down that road. <laughs> um, you know, I just know, some of the slalom ski competitions are pretty serious, you know. And my cousin used to slalom ski all the time. And maybe it's different nowadays. I don't know. I haven't been to one for a long time. And I know a lot of the top slalom skiers, and they're great guys. But they're pretty they're pretty competitive. And maybe it's because they have a lot more competitors than we do in the barefoot world. But, um, you know, they're strict. You know, if you forget your gloves, sometimes they, nobody will even let you borrow their gloves or whatever it is. I've heard these stories. Um, but in barefooting, I'm just going to use that as an example because in barefooting, because we take so many falls. <laughs> it's so hard that this group really supports one another. Um, it's not cutthroat um, like, like it used to be as much as it, as much as it was. It's, we're there for each other because we know how hard everybody has worked to get to that point, and we're there to support one another. So if you go to a barefoot competition, you're going to probably see some of the friendliest people you've ever met in your life. And if, if you're there asking questions about barefoot water skiing, People are going to be like, oh, yeah, this is how you do it. This is what you want to do. And da 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 And it literally, if you forget your barefoot suit or your rope handle, pff, we'll find one for you. I mean, it, it's such a an awesome, awesome group of people that embrace one another, that help one another at all times. Like show skiing. I know show skiing is like that. Um, so it's really cool. So you go to a barefoot tournament, feel welcomed. Go talk to anybody. Ask any question you want. Um, it, there's really no pressure. It's just come hang out and have fun. Um, so barefoot tournaments are pretty laid back. I mean, we go to footstock and, you know, uh, it's pretty hardcore head to head cash prize, the whole thing. And, uh, we're, we're still, we're all friendly to each other up there, you know, so it's, it's pretty laid back. You guys have spectators? Yeah. Uh, footstock has quite a few spectators. Um, 
nothing compared to like wakeboard events. Uh, but you know, at Footstock, we'll probably have three or four hundred people up there. Although it's in northern Wisconsin, so sure. that, that's way up there. Um, at the World Championships this year, since it's in the Midwest and there's a lot of barefooters up here, I I would say we'll have a couple thousand out there, maybe more. I hope more. We had seven thousand at uh, the Fergus Falls World Championships uh, back in the day. So it just depends what where the venue is and who's putting it on, who's promoting it. But um, you just never know what you're gonna get. Beautiful, man. I'd, well, I hope to maybe one of these days make it out to, to one of those events, maybe even get lucky enough to, to call one, you know? Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be great. That I would, would love be. to have you at one. Okay, on the totem pole of water sports, where does barefooting set, and like, and why is it there? And just, just to give you an example, like right now, I feel like wake surfing is kind of driving the industry. It's kind of driving boat sails. Um... Maybe tubing before that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but wake surfing, it, it, the reality, you know, as, as far as, like, competitive, it's like wake surfing, you got wakeboarding, and then maybe, walk, like, three events skiing or so. Right. And yeah, I, I, I would agree. the same way. And, but, uh, like, uh, still, like, where, because there's still more. I mean, there's kneeboarding, there's right. hydrofoil, there's uh, disabled, there's, so, there is so much under the umbrella yeah. of, of towed water sports. So, so, like, where are you guys? Um, good question. You know, I, I, we still have that reputation as being that crazy sport. You got to go really fast. And I think that holds back a lot of people from wanting to learn, you know, uh, the, they think the falls, you know, they think you're going 45, 50 miles an hour all the time and the falls are going to hurt and you're going to get injured and all that. So we have that reputation that just has not, uh, has not left us, <laughs> left our side, unfortunately, but where we sit, you know, I, I'd say you're right. You know, we have, uh, we have wake surfing, definitely driving the industry, wakeboarding, three event, and then it kind of trickles from there pretty quick. I would say uh, barefooting is probably close to being next in there, uh, unless you can remind me of anything else that I'm missing. But uh, people always say, oh, barefooting's dying, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and in the three event world, it kind of sort of is. It, it's, it's not dying, but it's not growing either. But I'll tell you one thing right now. There's more barefoot water skiers than there ever has been in the past, which is really cool because it's out there. It's all over the Internet now. And we have people that come down to our ski school that from all over the world that love barefoot water skiing. Um, but it's a really tough sport to to grow, mostly because, one, we don't have the numbers to begin with, so it's hard to get sponsorship. Um, you know, if, if we could get sponsorship involved in this sport or, or, or uh, a, a company could use us to help their their product flourish. You know, I think that that would help us out a lot. It could be a win-win right there. Um, but the the other big thing is uh, it's tough to learn barefoot water skiing. You know what I mean? Uh, getting back to the small surface area, you're just on your feet. I explain barefooting in millimeters, centimeters, and inches, and and it's tough. It's not an easy thing to learn. You should go to a professional to learn it if you want to learn it the right way and not take hard falls for nothing. And, you know, I teach beginners all the time, and you have to take uh, the right procedure. You know, you've got to learn the right way the first time in the seahorse and the swing. Um, you know, I don't really I don't step, have people step off skis because it's very intimidating. I have everybody do deep water starts in the boom. People don't like it because they get water in their face, but it's a great step to teach them because when they get to the rope off the boom, now they're set up. It's all the same steps. So unfortunately, barefoot water skiing is hard to learn, and the falls come quick and they come hard. And when they come quick and they come hard like that, that scares people, and it scares people out of the sport. One hard fall and they go, and never again. 
am I ever trying that ever? And that's unfortunate. It's too bad. Oh, you got some, you got some sick people out there too who you do it for that reason too, <laughs> yeah, right? Bring yeah. on the pain, right? Right. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, some guys just you can't hurt me. Let's go again. No pain, no gain, right? <laughs> yeah. So when I think of uh, some of the big names in barefooting, I, to me, just you know, with with kind of my old school mentality, I think of like Mike Seipel and Ron Scarpa, and I remember Pete Fleck in the X Games. And um, can you maybe talk about like maybe some of those guys and maybe how they Im- impacted you in your career? Those guys were huge on my career. I should say those the, the main guys, Mike Seipel, Ron Scarpa. Those guys were huge, huge, huge. We'll start with Mike. One, he taught me how to barefoot water ski. He was a current world champion. He was sponsored by everybody back in the day. Now, back in the day when he was skiing, it was like wakeboarding wasn't in the heyday at the peak, right? I mean, all the sponsors were after him, free boats, free engines, all this cool stuff. So that's what kind of made me gun-ho to, to, to barefoot water ski. I was like, I want to be like Mike Seipel. This guy's cool. He's, you know big old arms on he's barefooting barefooting was the thing to do back there in the early 90s no fear no fear that's right he's sponsored by no fear um so mike mike is definitely the man that motivated me um in the beginning of my career ron scarpa was the next guy that that motivated me and it's mostly because um as i started becoming um skiing in a professional division when i was 16 years old i skied against mike a couple times um, and then right after that, he retired. So then the only the only other big dog there was that stayed in it for many years and was, you know, dominating was Ron Scarpa. So Ron was kind of the guy that I was always gunning for. You know, I want to be I want to be like that. I want to be as good as that guy. Uh, and it took a long time for me to be able to, you know, to be able to beat him because for the longest time, I never thought I could beat him. He was the man. He was he was the guy that was leading the show on the parade. And I was like, shoot. If I could just get close to him on the podium, I'd be happy with that. And I and when I started getting close to him on the podium, you know, you kind of have this this inclination in your head. You're like, well, maybe I can beat him. And then and then I finally started beating him once in a while. Uh, the first time was in '97. First gold medal I ever won in my life. Never won a gold medal in age division or anything else. And I won the overall title at the '97 Nationals. It was the first time Ron ever beat. First time any, anybody's ever beat Ron um, in seven consecutive years. And him and I went back and forth after that. I mean, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, which was great because he pushed me, I pushed him. We kept on, he would break the world track record, record and I'd break the world track record. Was it a friendly record. rivalry? Yeah, no. I, I wouldn't say it, it was. It was smiles on the outside, but you've got to remember, Ron was the man. I was a young kid, had nothing to lose, up and coming, and I started beating him. I didn't sit well for him at all. And I don't blame him because I'd probably be in... I probably will be in the same situation here soon. <laughs> so no, I don't. I wouldn't say it was friendly. You know, I mean, he didn't. He didn't like me beating him. He was. A, he, this guy is one heck of a competitor. Well, did he? Did, did he ever mentor you or any? Like, were you ever mentored by any of those guys or? Uh, I skied at Ron's. He sponsored me for a week or two at his ski school um, back in 1994 when I was going for the world team trials. It was about. Um, 15 years old, 16 years old, and he sponsored me with a week of skiing. Uh, so when I was there, he took me under his wing and helped me out. Uh, I never went back to his ski school. We hired another guy, guy named Scott Gray. Uh, he was another pro back in the day, and he, he taught me all our, my high-tech tricks and all that stuff. But uh, there was he did, Ron taught me a couple really valuable lessons. Um, 
at tournaments. He, he did go out of his way a couple of times to show me a few things, which is pretty cool. But he is the ultimate, ultimate competitor. He played mind games with everybody in the dock, and, and I learned a lot from him just by doing that as well. I always felt like Seiple was like the gnarly competitor, you know? I, know? I don't know. And I've heard stories, I guess, like I've heard stories and stuff, but, you know, Seiple did retire early quite a bit earlier it seemed yeah, like than any of the did. any of the guys but it's so funny everybody says the exact same thing and a guy this week the guy that hired me same exact thing he said he's like mike seipel just seemed like the cocky guy and he was just out there and hardcore and it was kind of opposite um not that ron was cocky but he was really confident and he came off really confident um, and Ron was the talker. You know, you'd get in your head, he'd say these subtle things, you know, you know, watch out for the rollers halfway down the run. I mean, he would, he would get in your head, everybody's head. And Mike was the exact opposite. Mike wouldn't say a word to anybody. He would literally just stand there or sit there, clap his hands over and over and over and be in like this. You could just see him visualizing his trick run. And he wasn't cocky at all. So these, everyone, everyone's got it flipped, which is, which is really funny wait well like what about now what about fleck because peter fleck now he wasn't i I don't know it just seems like fleck was more of like a jumper and enduro guy yes than than like a tricker right that's that's what exactly peter fleck was he was uh and and still is up until last year i don't know if he's gonna compete this year at the footstock but yeah he was a big jumper he won the x games a couple times um and he won some he won footstock uh i don't know how many times like eight or nine times or something like that so that was kind of his forte he did do a lot of three event skiing but he really that wasn't his thing he wasn't a good tricker slalom was okay so he could never really compete for the overall so fleck fleck to me back in the day um he wasn't he wasn't like a ron and mike to me he wasn't he wasn't the guy i was gunning for because he was kind of in and out of the sport too a little bit Sure. Okay, so who are some of the current names that are kind of crushing the scene right now, aside from yourself? So we have David Small, which is my partner at the World Barefoot Center. He's from the UK. Uh, he's won uh, five overall titles, 13 gold medals at the World Championship. Uh, this kid is he's, he's incredible. He's strong. He's talented. Um, then we have uh, Ben Grohn, which is uh, currently third in the world. He's my other partner at the ski school, Ben Grohn. He's from New Zealand. Uh, he's, he's right there. He's nipping at our butts, Dave and I. Um, and then we have, uh, Brendan Page from Australia. Young, young kid, just full of talent. Brendan's really pushing out on the social media end, too. That guy is definitely gaining some exposure for the sport. Awesome social media. He's all over the place. Um, in Australia, he got sponsored by, uh, insurance company he was on the billboards on buses on cars he was everywhere and he had yeah, a wakeboard shop yeah yeah <laughs> right right yeah he skis for a pro wake i think so yeah he's and he's a good great freestyler so you got him um uh, we got keenan Derry, another he's a 18 year old 19 year old young kid from australia jumping huge uh great three eventer as well uh tricks and slalom uh, so you get about a uh, half dozen to a dozen young guys that are coming up that are going to be the future of the sport. Jackson Gerard, a, a young kid, 13 years old. The kid is doing everything that Dave and I are doing, all his toe turns, all his line turns, all his multiple turns. He's doing all the stuff, jumping inverted and slaloming uh, over 16. So he's in the open. To, he, he's, a, he's against me now. He skis against me. So we got this kid. He's kind of the future. I mean, there's this is good stuff. It's nice to see. Hey, so we mentioned I was talking about exposure for the sport and how Brendan Page has been doing a good job, but I, I don't know. I th- I feel like I saw something. 
that you did. And I feel like in India, it probably gained some exposure for the sport. I don't know how much it did for you or your name, but did I see you in like a Bollywood movie or something? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I was hired to, uh, I've skied behind airplanes a lot. Um, probably more so than anybody, all kinds of different airplanes. Um, and I love to do it. I love to try it, experiment with it, whatever plane it is, let's go for it. And, um, yeah, this, uh, um, Andy Armstrong, which is one of the top stunt directors in Hollywood, uh, that did all the Spider-Man movies and all that stuff. He called me out of the blue and he's like, I need you to ski behind an airplane for this movie. And I was like, I'm in, let's do it. So he said, well, I'll fly you out. Uh, I forgot where we're going, Qatar or some, somewhere out in the Middle East. And he's like, let's go. We're, that's where we're shooting the movie. You're going to come out there to do it. Um, and uh, that fell through. But then he said, you know, about three months later, okay, we got it set up over here now in California. So come into California and we want you to ski behind an airplane. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. So we, we set it all up, flew out there. Got to the scene, and they have this uh, 1960s uh, albatross airplane, massive, massive thing. And he's like, that's what you're skiing behind. And I was like, oh, say what? <laughs> okay. So we got really lucky because we were supposed to start at 6 a.m., right? I told him, I said, guys, barefooter, need smooth water, all right? So we got to start really early in the morning so we get good water. Well, you know. These guys have tons of cameras to set up, and the plane had to fly in. There's a tons of people to coordinate. So I was ready, suited, um, in my wig. I had a wig, you know, and the whole thing, a costume to wear and to go ski behind this massive plane. And we ended up not starting till about 9. Well, at 9, guess what? The lake was white capping. So I was like, I can't ski behind. See, I'll try, but I don't know if I can. I don't know why. Maybe uh, the good Lord is watching over us. The whole lake, this, we were on this massive lake. It just died out. Pure glass. So we were able to ski across this lake in pure glass, be on this big old albatross. I had to wear earplugs. It was so loud. Um, and we did tons and tons of runs to get some great footage. And it was the uh, the end. So basically, um, the the bad guy took the, uh, the good guy's girlfriend. They get into this albatross airplane, and they take off. The good guy comes down, shoots it with a harpoon, gets pulled off the dock, and then tumbles up. He's barefooting, shoots the plane down. And then just saves the girlfriend. That's the movie. Yeah. <laughs> What's the movie? Uh, it's called Bang Bang. Bang Bang. Yeah. It's Is it on uh, Netflix or anything? Um, you know, I'm not sure if it's on Netflix. You should uh, find that out. Yeah, I know. Netflix plays should. like a bunch of Bollywood movies. Yeah, they do. They do. It's actually a really good movie. There's a couple like uh, far-fetched scenes and stuff, but not really over the top. But you know, Bollywood movies they do the singing, so all of a sudden they'll just start singing songs and doing this whole thing, which is a little different. But uh, it was actually uh, a Cameron Diaz and Tom Cruise film that that black. I think it's called Night and Day, and it was kind of uh, based off of that. But it really probably some of the best action I've ever seen in a movie. So if, if you can go check it out, it's worth it. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to actually like write the name down so I can remember. <laughs> I'm gonna when I get home to Orlando yeah. and have some time whenever that is. I'm gonna check it out, <laughs> dude. Congratulations on. Uh, breaking a record in the in the bloodline not you personally but uh your baby girl she holds the new uh skiing baby record you took that from parks bonifay huh yeah the one i always knew about was parks you know skiing at six months and 29 days i always knew about that always heard about it went on youtube you know googled everything youtube everything tried to find everything i could as who if there's anybody younger than him there was nothing out there no documentation or video of anybody younger 
except for a few people that were like running across the beach, you know, pulling their kid on one of the U skis. And there were things like that. But in my mind, I think a true water skiing is behind a boat. You right. Know? You, Agreed. You got to be behind a boat. You have to be on skis. You can't be on a U-shaped board or even those little floaty things. To me, in my mind, and people will probably disagree, and that's fine. I just don't see it as water skiing, you know? They get those little tubes that kids can stay, stand up on. Great. That's a great thing to start them with. But I wouldn't say it's true water skiing. So we went out, and um, we, we did it. We practiced. We, we put the, our little girl, Zyla, um, on the skis, holding onto the bar, and dragged her across the carpet in the house several times. And she was fine with it, laughing, giggling. You know, she thought she was a little star. She was like, oh, look at me, look at me. And my wife actually pushed it. She's like, let's go do it. You know, we have three days until Parks' record, so let's do it. And I was like, ah, I don't know if we're ready for it. Let's do it. So we went out to uh, Cypress Gardens location on Lake Silver in Winter Haven, and we put uh, we put um, the rope behind the boat but on a bar. So we'd pull our parallel to the beach, and then the, the rope would go around the bar, you know, like an, almost a 90 degrees. Right. So the boat would pull her. We just tried that first. And she, she nailed it. Like, easy, easy, easy. So uh, the following day, we had a barefoot tournament at Lake Crew, private lake. And we went out there and got her behind the boat. And we knew the right speed to go. We had people in place. And she went the whole length. She went the whole length of the lake. We had to stop because we ran out of room. And you guys are Guinness now, right? Guinness World Records? No, unfortunately not. Uh, I contacted Guinness. Is Parks Guinness, though? I think so, because at the time, they did records with 16 years and under. But they don't do that anymore. You can't be 16 years old and under for any records in Guinness. Probably because they don't want their parents pushing the kids right. into stupid, crazy things. Which people thought that ours is pretty stupid and crazy. You know, people that, aren't, that weren't water skiers. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it is though. No, you're, I mean you're right there. You're in shallow yeah. water. You're you're you can run faster than the speed the baby needs to ski at. I think the only one bummed about that record's Parks. <laughs> I'm just joking. I think he's pretty stoked. Well, you talked to him about it, right? So yeah, what, I, what, what I can't his... remember what he said, but I mentioned I was like, hey, you heard about your yeah. record being broken. He's just... But think about it. His record lasted for over 30 years. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. That's Very impressive, cool. for sure. But what was neat, I already saw tons of uh, other little kids um, barefoot, and they, get this, they have the same setup we had, and all these little kids are water skiing now. Yeah. So it's pretty neat. It's pretty cool, man. Well... Okay, I'm, I'm I'm almost finished with you, man. I want to find out if, um, like, if you mentioned that, you know, you're one of the, maybe, like, the older guys competing in that open division nowadays. And moving forward, you know, obviously I think you still have some years under your belt, right? But what are some of the future goals for you in Toad Water Sports? Um, well, the, the thing I've been talking about late lately, and it's probably going to become more true in the next year or two, is I, I call myself the last of the dinosaurs. I'm the last guy, really. Peter Fleck skied last year at the Worlds. He's not skiing this year. Willie Farrell skied a couple Worlds ago. He's not skiing at the Worlds this year. Um, and, and anyway, I, the reason I call myself the last of the dinosaurs is because I'm the last guy that's ever competed against all the old school names, the Ron Scarpers, the Mike Siples, the Peter Flecks, Don Mixon Juniors, all these guys that really stuck out back in the day. I'm the last guy that's, that's really standing there. Um, obviously, I was young when I competed against them, but... I'm the last of the last, so I guess my goals here in the future are, I mean, I'm, I'm going to barefoot water ski for as long as I can, obviously, but I don't know how much longer my body is going to be able to take competing in a world championship for the overall title. Uh, barefoot jumping has taken its toll on my body, and it's kind of beaten me up over the years, so I have a hard time doing that. I, I can't train it as much as I, I need to, and even the tricks, you know, even though I don't fall that much anymore, 
doing all the tricks that I do, uh, my body is just wore down. You know, I'm 38. Um, I'm getting to that peak of, you know, professional age, you know, 38, 40 years old. That's when all the pros hang it up. So I don't know how much longer I'm going to go compete at the Worlds for the overall title. This might be my last one, um, which is kind of sad. But you never know. Uh, I'm never going to actually announce my retirement. I would never do that because I'm always going to keep on skiing. I'll keep going to footstock, and I would like to keep on doing the barefoot slalom slalom event. You know, that's kind of my forte. That's something that came natural to me for years. So I can still go to Worlds and and hopefully win that for years to come or at least be in the the number two, number three slot and, and stay pretty competitive, and that doesn't beat me up. So that that's kind of what I'm looking at right now. Cool, man. Well, I'm sure hopefully after people listen to this, they want to come and meet you in person. I know you guys have that awesome school down there in central, just outside of Orlando. So your school, your clinics, I'm going to give you a chance to talk a little bit about that, what it is and how people can find you and come and get get, uh, get in on that. Yeah, so we're, the ski school is located in Winter Haven, Florida. So you can literally fly into Tampa or Orlando, probably the same distance? That, pretty much. Orlando's a little closer, a little easier to get from, but you can come from Tampa, too. We're about, we're about 45 minutes away from either airport. Um, and, yeah, we have four boats, and we will, you know, during the springtime, they're all running. Uh, we're open pretty much 365 days a year. We have enough top instructors there. Uh, that 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 can pull, and you're gonna get uh, quality instruction. Can you guarantee glass? We can guarantee glass. I'm guaranteeing it. Now I don't know how long it's gonna be, but we can always find a piece. We got four lakes that we use there, and we got a lot of good protection. So yeah, for sure you're gonna get good water. We we don't go on on, on anything crappy. But uh, WorldBarefootCenter.com, you can just go there, check us out. World Barefoot Center on Facebook. We're always always coming out with new videos of our students skiing there. Um, and, and trying to, you know, kind of come up with new things. We're sponsoring. We're sponsoring the Nationals this year, the World Championships. We're a title sponsor of Footstock. So we're trying to uh, keep everything in the sport. So that's one thing I try to tell people. You know, if you want to keep money within the sport, you know, try, try to buy from us because this is what we do for a living, you know. Um, so, you know, if you, if you buy from a magazine, you know, the magazine doesn't do anything back for our sport. You know, buy from people that put money back in the sport you love. So that that's always... That's always good to do. That's that's nice loyalty and support from our, our customers. Um, and, yeah, you can check us out on Instagram. We're on there as well. Myself, too, Keith St. Ange. Uh, my middle name spelt out on Instagram and on Facebook as well. And, uh, yeah, probably give a shout-out to some of my sponsors. Yeah, do it, please. Uh, I just want to thank Evinrude Engines. They have been huge. We went from inboard boats to outboards because we save so much in fuel. You know, the fuel efficiency at a ski school when you're running all day is uh, very important. So Evinrude's been huge. Um, Masterline Ropes and Handles, they've been right there with us developing new handles and stuff, and they're sponsoring the Worlds this year, which is cool, Barefoot Worlds. Uh, we have uh, Gopals. Um, this is a health food company that I are all organic raw bars that keep me going all day, every day. Garden of Life, they're awesome. They're sponsoring a lot of skiers, actually. You know, Ryan Dodd, uh, he's sponsored by them as well, so they're, they're cool. Barefoot International, Mike Seiple, we're talking about. We're a dealer for him. We sell all his booms and towers, so he's a huge help to us. Uh, so th- thanking him for that. And I want to see Mike get back on the water, man. Yeah, I know. Everybody does. Everybody would love to see him back out there. We have a Legends Day down at the ski school where all the legends come in. So Ron and Mike and Peter and all these guys come in and hang out, and people come down just to hang out with them and just to see him, and they, they love it, man. They love getting back out in the limelight. 
And this week, I want to thank uh, Loud Interactive. He got he got me here. Great company, top SEO in the country. Uh, he's huge. If you want to get your business relevant on the internet, this is the guy to contact. So you, whatever, PM me or find him. Um, what did so, you say? Bald SEO? Just bald, bald SEO. He's a bald man. He loves being bald, he said, and he's top SEO. So baldseo.com. Check him out. Absolutely easy. Keith, man, thanks for taking time out of your day and uh, hanging out, dude. This uh, meant a lot. I think this was really cool. Yeah, I know. Thank you, Dana, for coming out. Um, I hope people enjoy uh, listening to uh, a little bit of barefoot talk. And if they ever have any questions, they can always email us at the school or call us. We, we you know, we love uh, customer service and talking to people and skiers. So thank you very much. And uh, hopefully, hopefully we will get you at one of our barefoot events soon. And um, yeah, and uh, maybe I can even come to one of your feet on fires. Yeah, do it. All right. Thanks again, Keith St. Ange. Thanks, man. <laughs> For over 50 years, O'Brien has been creating products specifically for the ultimate and family fun on the water. Knowing your time at the lake is cherished, O'Brien's mission is to bring you the absolute most pleasure possible to make memories that last a lifetime. Quality, performance, and value are the pillars the O'Brien name has been famous for for now more than five decades. Like O'Brien on Facebook and follow on Instagram at O'Brien Watersports. Check out O'Brien.com to see the entire 2016 lineup of products Product, dealers near you, team, blog, and more. Again, that's O'Brien.com. O-B-R-I-E-N.com. GoPuck is a mountable, compact, durable, and portable rapid charging battery. The technology behind GoPuck started in the indie car racing industry, and now they're bringing their passion about light, fast, and powerful products to the world of action sports. GoPuck allows you to stay connected, capture priceless moments, and most importantly, enjoy mobile freedom. The GoPuck can hold up to five rapid charges. If you know me, you know I don't go anywhere without mine. GoPuck is available at Performance Ski and Surf or online at GoPuck.com. Use promo code MANO2016 for an extra 20% off at GoPuck.com. That's GoPuck.com. C4 belts are the newest wakeboarding accessory to hit the market. Made of premium TPE thermoplastic, C4 belts are waterproof and backed by a lifetime guarantee. Available in multiple colors and designs, C4 allows you to mix and match straps and buckles to create your own unique color combinations. C4 stands for choose your color, choose your cause. Use code MANO2016 at C4Belts.com for 10% off your purchase. Look good, do good. C4 Belts. The Golden Mike Podcast is back with the noise of the north. Dano the Mano, presented by Sea Deck Marine Products. Legend. I had so much fun out there that day recording with Keith. I spent some time, as you uh, all may have heard, with Keith and the loud interactive crew out on the Fox River riding around in the boat. It was a fun afternoon. I actually uh, had an opportunity to ride my trick ski and was pumped to see how impressed Keith was with my talents, or lack thereof. I'm kidding. I landed a few flips and threw some buckets of water, and it was fun. Well, we finished the recording and literally two minutes later, a huge storm rolled in. So we were lucky to dodge that one. 
it was a good conversation with an awesome dude. And the best part was he invited me and some wakeboard friends down to the World Barefoot Center later on this fall for a fun day on the water. When we head down, I'll be sure to film and photograph so you listeners can enjoy and live vicariously through me and my crew. Or you guys can just hit Keith up yourself, set up a date, set up a time, and get down on the water down there at the World Barefoot Center. Also, Keith hit me up. They are now a certified O'Brien dealer. So you guys be sure to check out all the great stuff they have when you make it down to Central Florida with a little ride on the water with Keith St. Ange. All right, guys, busy schedule, and it is going to keep on moving all summer long and into this fall. This coming weekend, August 19th and 20th, I'm in Seoul, Korea for the Malibu Boats Evolution Pro Series. From there, the following weekend, we are in Toronto, Canada for the Nautique WWA Wakeboard World Championships. Then Labor Day weekend back in Orlando, Florida for the final stop of the Performance Ski and Surf Gravel Tour. The following week, I'm going to be hosting the ceremony for the 2016 Wakeboarding Hall of Fame. That night, Wake Awards at Surf Expo. The following week, it's off to Louisiana for USA Collegiate National Championships and many, many more coming up to follow. You guys can contact me through email if you have any questions on locations or dates. That email, of course, is goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com. You guys can also message me through the Golden Mike Facebook page. Be sure that you are following me on that social media feed, Twitter at the TheDanoTMano and at the Golden underscore Mike, on Instagram at DanoTMano, and be sure to like and share the Golden Mike podcast on Facebook. One more thank you to Keith St. Ange. And now a few shout outs to the sponsors and the folks behind the scenes. Thank you to SeaDeck Marine Products, Performance Ski and Surf, Woodrow Sustainable Optics, Boulder Boats, GoPuck, Hungry Boards SUP, Malibu Boats, Logos That Pop, C4 Belts, and Rockstar Energy. Thanks again to Jenna Hamill on the web and Rich Walsh on audio. I can't forget Brent Payne and the crew over there at Loud Interactive. Get these guys on your SEO. Check them out at loudinteractive.com. That's going to do it for today's show. Appreciate y'all for tuning in and listening. I'm the Noise of the North, Dan of the Mano, and you can hear me next time once again on the Golden Mike Podcast.